unfortunately is not going to happen, but we are glad you're here, those that are here. We are growing apostolic legacy. And we've been talking about the covenant with the Lord. And we talked about through baptism and through repentance and through uh, actually communion and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I, I know that Sometimes folks get stuck and there are even religions that sort of understand, uh, uh, they, they understand the communion, they understand the cross, they understand forgiveness, they understand baptism, but they sort of drop out before they get to Pentecost and that uh, the infilling of the Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I know that all of you that are here today and Probably most of you that are watching have had Bible studies and you can talk about how John the Baptist talked about uh, the guy that's coming after me, I'm not worthy to unbuckle his shoes and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire and the Lord breathed on them and said receive you the Holy Ghost and, and he uh, talked about you know out of your belly will flow rivers of living water and there are numerous numerous passages in the gospels where Jesus talks about uh, the, in, the coming of the Holy Ghost and yet all of those were traced back to even roots in the Old Testament. In Ezekiel, uh, the prophet Ezekiel said, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, from all your idols. I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit. Here it is. A new spirit will I put within you. I will take out your heart your stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. So he talked here, the prophet, not even recognizing what was coming, not understanding about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, but he talked about a cleansing of water and then a new spirit and heart that is going to produce something in them. It's going to, was going to produce actions. It would cause you to walk in the statutes and to keep the judgments and do them. And I want to tell you, living for God is hard enough once you've repented, once you've been baptized, once you receive the Holy Ghost. I don't know how you can do it without the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's hard enough to do it with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I have to fight my flesh all the time. And you say, well, I, I don't, I don't, I've never had to battle a spirit of fear or a spirit of, uh, of, of depression or a spirit of anxiety or any of that. I, I've just been worry-free. Well, bless your heart. <laughs> there are spirits that are out there yeah, that'll overwhelm you. There are spirits, and you may say, well, oh, well, I, I, I will fight a spirit by the only thing or the best thing that I know to fight a spirit is the Holy Spirit. And that's where it comes down to having the joy of the Lord and rejoicing and all of a sudden righteousness, peace and joy and the Holy Ghost. That's something that you can't get. You don't, I, I'm sorry. You can go fishing and you can be excited because you caught a big fish but there's something about the joy that comes with the Holy Ghost that passes all the other joy, passes all the other peace, passes all the the other feelings that the world can produce. 
And so it was not un unusual then that he would say, we're going to put my spirit within you. Jeremiah, I read this last week or the week before. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. In other words, the law, the covenant, the Ten Commandments inside of us. And will write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Now that was an important statement that Jeremiah made, not realizing that he was talking about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because what happened was when the children of Israel, of course, celebrated the first Passover in Egypt, it was 50 days. They went through the, the Red Sea. They went, came through and they, Pharaoh was drowned and they came to Mount Sinai and it was there 50 days from when they celebrated Passover that they got the law. They received the Ten Commandments and Moses came down from the mountain. You know, you can read all about the giving of the law. It was 50 days exactly from whenever they had Passover to when they got the law. And so the law, the giving of the law, and it was a type of, uh, the, you know, that 50-50 pente later became known as the Feast of Pentecost. It became the Feast of the first fruits of of barley and, and they would have uh, that, uh, they would wave the, the, the grain and, and it became that they celebrated every year. They had Passover and then they celebrated in 50 days they had Pentecost. And so I know folks will look at us and say, well, you're apostolic, you're Pentecostal and you are, are, are all about Pentecost and you don't believe in anything else. That's not true. But what is true is the fact that we believe that you can have your own personal Pentecost and the law can be written inside your heart. Amen. Now, I know folks can, the Bible talks about can sear their conscience and can and not listen to that, but there's something about it. <clears throat> when you receive the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost, there's something about it as you stir that up. You, you'll be surprised that, that there'll be a little voice that'll quicken you. And You know, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe, I don't know. I need to not, uh, you know, and you say, oh, well, and it doesn't matter how far you get from God, there's always that little voice inside that's going to tug, that's going to let you know, hey, you know what, you really need to make a, a, a change, you need to turn your life around. That's what's so awesome about the Holy Ghost. It, it is like the, all of a sudden, you know, you know, your mama or your dad inside saying, oh, now don't forget. And you may say, oh, I, I don't want that voice. I don't want that. Well, but that's what Paul wrote in the New Testament about why this was so important. He said, to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is an enemy of God, is enmity. This is that same word that he used back in Genesis, the third chapter, where he said, and thou shalt put enmity between her seed and his seed. So the the fact is that our carnal mind is an enemy of God, just like the seed of Satan. Yes. And so, guess who my number one enemy is? My flesh. It's an enemy of God. And so, 
That's why it's not subject to the law of God, neither can be. In the flesh, we cannot please God. You can't do enough. You can't, you can't have enough, you know, rituals. You can say, well, I'm, I'm going to do 50 of these rituals and I'm going to crawl on my knees. And I'm, You can't do enough in the flesh to please God. That's why you need the Spirit. But we are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be, if that the Spirit of God dwells. Notice that dwells, lives in you. Now if the man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. How? By his spirit that dwells in you. Now we realize this was after Pentecost. Paul's writing to the church at Rome. He wrote to the church at Colossae. He said, as you have there Therefore receive Christ, so walk ye in him. Then he uses words like rooted and built up in him and established in the faith that you have, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So all of a sudden, this covenant through that comes through the Holy Ghost, Paul begins to talk. It's like being rooted. It's like being grounded. It's like being established. It's like learning. For he goes on in Corinthians, for as the body is one and having many members, we talked about this with communion last week, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, bound or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit for the body is not one member but many but yet it's what makes us all of a sudden a body is that one spirit that dwells within us and we have has already been mentioned some missionaries they're going uh, I don't even know where I was gone I was in Texas when they came brother David uh, got them in they're staying in our little house and they're here and they're you say well I'm going to be a thousand miles 10,000 miles 12,000 miles 15,000 miles from you yet there's going to be a connection through the spirit immediately when you email or send a text and all of a sudden where no matter where you are you can begin to feel the spirit as you watch online you can begin to feel the spirit and there's no distance and you begin to feel oh we're all part of one body oh what a how powerful that is and yet that's how what the Holy Ghost was supposed to be in fact Luke wrote and told a story about the prodigal son. Remember the story? The prodigal son that goes off and says, Dad, I want my inheritance and I, I don't want to be here anymore. And he got angry and he left. Remember the story? All of you that are online probably remember Luke, the 15th chapter. Powerful story because it's two brothers and all of that. And I'm not going to go into it. But the Bible says that when the prodigal son came back home, that the father was waiting for him and watching for him. Here he was. He was a son and he saw him and had compassion on him. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now I don't know what that visual image that begins to conjure up in your mind. But imagine you have not seen your son. 
He's been rebellious. He's been angry. He acted like he didn't want to live here anymore. And all of a sudden you see your son coming back down the road. What kind of an emotional response would that be that you all of a sudden would run and fall on his neck and kissed him. Now, I, you picture that in your mind of just this man running and bear hugging. Luke told this story and he used the Greek word epipedo epi, meaning to fall on, to give a bear hug, to grab, to embrace, to wrap his arms around. This is the same phrase that Luke used when he told the story of when Simon Peter went to Cornelius' house. The first Gentile, us, the first ones to ever receive the Holy Ghost. Simon didn't want to go, but he went ahead and after the visions and all of that, Simon decided to go ahead and preach and he brought some folks with him and Luke was one of those that he was there and he said that while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost, epipedo epi, just bear hugged them and embraced them fell on those that whole that heard the word oh he he used that same phrase to describe the father reaching out and so what does that tell me? That if you will make a move toward God, whether you're aware, you're at home or whether you're here, if you begin to make a move toward God, the Lord, the Holy Ghost is there waiting to fall on you and he's waiting to embrace you and give you a bear hug. You cannot, you cannot make a move toward God until you see God running his way to come to you and to fall on you. Here was a man by the name of Cornelius who had never received the Holy Ghost, who had never heard about the Holy Ghost. And you read the next verse and, 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 and those Jews that were with him of the circumcision, which believed they were blown away. They were astonished. They said unto Peter, and then, well, we see that the Gentiles was poured the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And they said, you know, we weren't even going to allow these two guys to be baptized. We didn't, weren't even going to allow them to repent. But it's obvious that the, the Lord has embraced them. The Lord has fallen on them. The Lord has grabbed them. So how could we not allow them to be baptized and, and we say that they're part of the body. Amen. What are you saying? That it doesn't matter where you've been, where you, how far you've been from God. 
whether you're a backslider that's here or whether you're watching online, I'm here to tell you the Holy Ghost is ready to fall on you and embrace you. That's what the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is all about. That's what happened with the early church and, and that's exactly what happened with Cornelius. And so, you know, an individual says, oh, well, I don't want to get that emotional and I don't want to be that. Uh, let me tell you, you've got to say, Lord, I want to be back in your presence and you've got to humble yourself just like that prodigal did and say, I'm willing to come back to God and make your way back to an altar and make your way back into his presence. I promise you, the Lord is not going to turn his back on you. He will run and fall on your neck and grab you and you'll begin to speak in other tongues. It's not something you have to force yourself to do or you have to make some kind of a plan to do. If you'll just make a start toward God, whether you're online or wherever you are and begin to raise your hands, I'm here to tell you that the Spirit of Almighty God is able to fall on you. Hallelujah. And that's why Jesus was saying these words in John, I pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you, may live with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. But he dwells in you, neither does it know him. And you, but you know him, for he dwells in you, dwells in you, and shall be in you dwells in you, lives in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. You know, it's one thing to say, I want to be baptized into Jesus. It's another thing to say, I want to get Jesus inside of me. There's a big difference between just saying, well, I go to church on Sunday and I, I, I listen on Sunday morning and I listen on Sunday night and that's great and we're thankful and great. You come on Wednesday maybe and, uh, and you, yeah, well, I'll go to church. But it's another thing when you say, I want Jesus to dwell in me. I want to take him on my job. I want him to go with me. I want to establish a personal covenant with him so much so that it doesn't matter matter where I am that oh yeah well are you perfect no but I'll feel that voice oh you know what you know uh, uh, I want Jesus to take up permanent residence in my heart and life that's what it's all about it's more than just these four walls and I'm thankful for those that are here and the spirit that we feel but he said I will I want you to be one like I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you Jesus answered and said, If a man love me, he will keep my words. My Father will love him. We, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. A, a place, a home. That's what the Lord wants, a home. Well, who's going to give him a house to live in? Well, it's sad. I hope there's nobody would say there's no room in my end. I don't mind going and listening to him. I don't mind going and visiting, but I don't want him to live with me. You know, and I understand, you know, you have relatives come by and that's great and you see them for an hour or two. And, 
most of the time you don't want to say, here, you know, here's a bedroom, stay for a month, stay for a year, stay for two years. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure I want you to live with me. But we have to have that kind of attitude with Jesus. Yes. Lord, I want you to live with me. That's why Paul would write in, in Corinthians, he said, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication, every sin that a man <coughs> commits is without the body, but he that committed fornication sins against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is what? The temple, the tabernacle, the house, whatever word you want to put there, of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And some more of those verses that I didn't read in John, the 14th chapter, said, Believest thou that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? And the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but that the Father dwells in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in, in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. What are you saying? I am saying that when you have the Holy Ghost, and I understand, I know we've had folks in the hospital, and Brother Bill Hitchcock, and I Brother Richard Luzader is going to have a procedure tomorrow. But you know what? There is as much of Jesus right now in that bed, in that hospital, that the Holy Ghost is able to touch him and heal him. I can't be there and lay my hand on him. Sister Vicki can't be there and pray for him. But as we pray and we say in the name of Jesus, we want that he's part of the body. We want your spirit to touch his body right now in the name of Jesus we can't get there but the Spirit of God is able to go into a hospital room is able to go where the doctors can go I'm telling you that's the Spirit of God that's the covenant that we have that's why Jesus would say things in the 15th chapter like like you know I, I am the true vine and, and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he, he purges it so that it will bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me. What is he talking about? Staying connected. Stay, I mean, if you splice a vine, you go out. If you have an apple tree, you break off a branch and say, I'm going to bring it in this year so I won't have to walk out to the tree to pick apples. Well, guess what? You're still going to walk out to the tree. Because that branch you broke off and brought in your house is not going to produce apples. Amen. It's not going to have the fruit. So, you know, when, and so it's not a question of, you know, well, and folks say, well, you know, how long before I'm saved, not saved, whatever. It's the question of, we, I have to stay, you know, 
I have to stay connected. I guess that's why they call preachers because they're the worst. It, you know, in order to have love and joy and peace and, you know, kindness, long-suffering, huh? Those things just don't come natural to me. Fruit of the Spirit is just not something that I produce on my own. Maybe you do. Maybe you just get up every day and are kind and loving and sweet and hopeful and joy and rejoice and peaceful. But I get up and grumble about COVID and I get up and grumble about what's going on in our world. Then I listen to somebody and you know, they can get me fired up. I'm ready to do something. So I've got to stay abiding in him if I've got any hope. You know, oh, you say, Pastor, I, I, I don't know. He, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth me, I in him bring forth much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather him and cast him in the fire and are burned. If a man abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. <laughs> what is the, you know, hard to stay connected and let the Holy Ghost flow. But when you are flowing in the Holy Ghost, you can begin to ask for God to do something in the hospital where someone else is connected. Why? Because all of a sudden we are connected through a source. Oh, it's, it's that, that key to abide, to stay connected, to be grafted in like the vine. Oh, and the branches. John later talks about this in when he wrote his epistles and he said, he that saith he abides in him ought to walk as he walked. It ought to change your actions. The Holy Ghost will change the way you walk and the way you talk, but I don't want that. I want to do what I want to do. Then let me tell you, you won't abide in Him because if you abide in Him, the Holy Ghost is going to start trying to convict you. Yes. Change your way you walk. If you don't want to, that's why the Holy Ghost is not bigger than your will. This is why sometimes folks don't want the Holy Ghost to move through them. Because I want to walk the way I want to walk. Now I want to do what I want to do. And I can't do that when I'm connected to him. Because there's this voice that just yeah. keeps. No, you don't really ought to do. You, know, need to, you don't need to be there. You don't, huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. But that's part of the covenant. That's part of being married to the Lord. That's part of being in a relationship with Him. You say, well, I, I want to have a relationship, but then I want to do what I want and live like I want and have what. You just can't do it. Right. Try it. So, call yourself an American citizen and you're free. And you're going to walk anywhere you want without a mask. You're going to go into the hospital room and you're not going to care what anybody says. You're going to go into the airport and you're, if you want to talk about bombs and guns, and just go right ahead. If you want to drive 200 miles an hour down the freeway, just go right ahead because you're an American and you're free. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me tell you, you're going to find out how free you are. 
It won't be very long and you'll find yourself free behind in a little cell somewhere. Huh? You know, you're free. You can get on an airplane and cuss everybody out and throw things. And guess what? They're free. They can stop at the gate and throw your hide off. Put you on a no-fly zone or list. And you're, that's it. You say, oh, pastor, that's, that's terrible. I thought we were free. Well, as long as you're in relationship with this country, you're going to have to, that's no different than being in a relationship with the Lord. Amen. That's why we abide in him. That's why I want to stay grafted in because I want him to convict me. I want him to tell me when I'm off track and I, I want him to come into my life and say, hey, you need to make some changes. You need to, oh, you say, but pastor, I, I don't know. I, 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 I know and I, I've got, I know my time is up. I, I realize that we're, here we are talking about abiding in this covenant and, and he goes on and John and he said, he that keeps his commandments dwells in him and he in him. Hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he gave to us. In John the fourth chapter he said, who shall confess Jesus is the son of God. God dwells in him and he in God. We should have known and believed the love that God has toward us. God is love and he that dwells in love dwells in God. God in him. That's why Paul would say, I'm crucified with Christ. Is it easy? No. Is my flesh fight against the Holy Ghost? Yes. But I'm so thankful I'm grafted in. Oh, well, worst thing in the world is not to be able to feel what I feel. It's not to be able to feel the presence and the Shekinah of Almighty God. That's why Paul would say, I'm crucified. Nevertheless, yet I live. Christ lives in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What are you saying? The powerful thing that we have today is a covenant with Jesus. He made it when we're buried in his name. He made it when we believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He made it when we take communion. He solidifies it and makes it some more when we stay full of his spirit. Why? Because it changes your life. And I know there are a lot of religions and there are a lot of people that would rather have God in a box that I go to on Sunday morning. Go once a week. Go once a month. Go every Christmas. Go every Easter. I'll keep him there. But that's not the covenant that the Lord wanted to make. He wanted to be in us and stay connected to us. Go through every situation with us. You say, but I, I'm going through something on Monday and Tuesday. That's why the body is so vital because there was something about staying connected into the spirit. Oh, I know, I, I know right now there are a lot of people that wish they could be here this morning and they feel bad. And, uh, praying, we're praying for them. 
And I know I can't be there in every house. But if right now, wherever you are, you'll stand and join with us. We're going to just stand right here. Those that want to come can come. But we're going to just take a moment and let the presence of the Lord reach out and connect. We can't be where you are, whether you're in a hospital, whether you're in California, whether you're in Australia, Singapore, wherever. But right now, whether you're in Newark, somewhere in your house, the Spirit of the Lord, the same Spirit that's flowing through here, is going to be able to flow right where you are. Let's praise Him right now. Hallelujah. If you need the Holy Ghost, come.